Satnam, beautiful Sarah Women, Satnam, and welcome to today's Sovereign Women Movement podcast episode, where we're going to be talking about one of the most misunderstood and unrecognized yet most common ancestral karmic toxic patterns that a woman carries in her DNA that many of the times she doesn't even realize she's carrying it. And what I'm referring to here is one of my favorite things to talk about, which is disrupting the pattern of ancestral toxic relationship problems and in general patterns that keep us in these loops of infidelity, divorce, abuse, or attracting the same type of individual as it relates to our romantic partner, even though within within us we are screaming and saying, I will never ever date anyone or be married to anyone that resembles even what my parents' relationship resembles. So welcome, 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 and thank you all so, so much for being here, Satna. So this particular podcast episode is very, very important. It is so crucial for us as women to understand that we carry these ancestral toxic relationship problems. Not only that we carry them, but how they develop within us, and also that we don't have to settle, that we can, in fact, be in a conscious, beautiful relationship, even if it is a new relationship that you're finding, or perhaps you're healing your current relationship, like I had to do, where I had to spend a lot of inner work time in healing myself in order for my relationship, my marriage of 25 years to actually heal. I'll be sharing my own personal story, more details about that tomorrow, but today I'll be giving you a small preview as well as help you truly understand the breakdown of what are the three things that need to happen in order for you to actually disrupt these patterns of ancestral toxic relationship patterns. Now, for me particularly, I realized that I was running under the same patterns as my mother was operating under in relationships as my grandmother was also operating when I first went to the Amazon jungle and I worked with plant medicines. Now, I knew that my marriage needed healing to the world. You know, my marriage looked perfect. I married my high school sweetheart. You know, we are now married for almost 26 years. It's going to be 26 years tomorrow. And we renewed our wedding vows a year ago in San Miguel de Allende, our 25th wedding anniversary. And for us, that really symbolized a brand new chapter and era, a timeline in our marriage and in our union. But him and I went through probably everything that a marriage could go through that would tear it apart. And yet 25 years later, I am have never been happier. I have never been more in love. I have never respected. I have never admired or been inspired more than by my husband than I am today. And it's a continuous growth. I don't and never did buy into the idea. In fact, this is what I wanted to prevent in my marriage, that the older you get and that the longer a marriage exists, that the more toxic the relationship gets. You know, I was looking, I look at the relationship of my parents or my in-laws, and it's not that they're toxic. It's the fact that, you know, the older you get, if you don't have preventive medicine, where you are taking care of your nervous system and you're taking care of your brain, it's not a choice to not be toxic or to not have all these issues in relationships. It's it's a response mechanism. It's a reaction because of the nervous system in the brain, which we're going to get to today. 
but I, I never bought into that. In fact, a big part of my healing journey was the fact that I wanted to heal my marriage, that I knew that on the outer looks that it looked perfect, but I knew deep down in my heart that there was a lot of healing that needed to happen and that I wanted to restore myself back to when we first met. And I really do believe, I believed, and I still do because I'm living it, that we could and we have go back to the same type of pure divine love that brought us together. Because when we first got together, my husband and I, I was, when I first met him, I was in, uh, in the middle of in the summer between junior high and high school. I didn't start dating him until I was a sophomore in high school. And then I got pregnant a year from when we first started dating. And so we got married when I was only 16. I was a month early, uh, a, year, a month shy of turning 17. He had already graduated high school by then. And, you know, our journey, like I said, I'll be sharing a little bit more about that tomorrow, was incredibly the wisest, the most probably biggest university I've ever attended that taught me so much about these ancestral karmic patterns. In fact, he has been my biggest teacher. And I now, based on how long we've been married, have lived with him longer, exchanged life with him longer than I have been with my parents. So tomorrow I'm going to share with you specifically our story and how we overcame a lot of pain and a lot of dysfunction in our relationships, both because of the ancestral karmic patterns he was carrying in his relationship, but also because of myself. Today, I want to spend a little bit more time on really breaking down the process because there is a scientific, psycho-spiritual process that I followed and that I created a method through that helped me disrupt these karmic patterns at the level of the DNA. Because let me tell you, him and I actually tried, you know, traditional counseling, traditional um, marriage uh, therapy, and not only did it not work, but it was a waste of time. Because all it did was basically help us reiterate and remember all of the pain that we both had been through with no real solution. Like, okay, let's talk about it. But then what happens? You know, like, how is this going to change my pattern of the DNA and of the um, brain? Because that's one thing that women don't understand that these patterns, you might say with all of your heart, I don't want a relationship like my parents because my parents are always fighting or they, my mom has been divorced six times. My dad is a cheater. My mom is a cheater, whatever that is, right? I don't want that relationship. And you might be screaming it from the top of a mountain, but that doesn't mean anything because your energy, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, your subconscious mind speaks louder than your words, which is why many women are like, oh, I'm just going to divorce this guy or end it with this guy. And I'll just find myself a new one. And then they find a new one. And why does the new one, why, even though at the beginning, they're fully in love with this guy. And, you know, he seems to be like the perfect one. And within months, they're like, oh my God, why does he have the same personality? Why does he have the same characteristics as my other ex or as my ex-husband or whatever, whoever that was? And the reason that is, is because when we are child, children, and especially as children, this, it doesn't start there. It starts with our ancestors. And that's what I discovered in my life, that especially the ancestors that I remembered, that I physically had connection with, like my grandmother. My grandmother, her biggest pitfall, her biggest challenge in her lifetime 
was a relationship. It was actually the relationship that she had with my grandfather. That relationship is what led her to a lot of emotional pain and to becoming a martyr eventually in her life. My grandfather actually was murdered by another man because of a woman. And it wasn't because of my grandma. It was because of a third party. So my grandma always really had a lot of resentment and almost hate towards men in general. She never remarried. And she carried this uh, aura or this uh, attitude of, I don't need a man. I'll do it by myself. And pretty much all men are trash because of what had happened to her. And it was a journey for her of her lifetime that really carried and weighed heavy on her. In fact, even in her last uh, days of living, that was what was preventing her to transition in peace and equanimity. When we, we have to learn how to live in order to learn how to die. When we struggle with forgiveness, it is very difficult to die. It is very difficult for us to transition in, in peace. So the last few days are all about the forgiveness works that the forgiveness work that needs to happen. Now, thankfully, when I healed myself, I saw major changes in the relationship with my parents, my relationship with them, but I also saw grandma go through major healing herself. In fact, even through the last few days that she was uh, still conscious or semi-conscious, she would often talk about seeing my grandfather, who she never wanted to talk about, who she never had forgiven how he would come to her and he would sit at the edge of the bed and protect her and he would speak to her. And this is why they say, you know, that when you transition, you have your family that's waiting for you on the other end. So I, I truly do believe that in the last few days of her, of her life, she did a lot of healing work as it relates to forgiveness, especially my grandfather. And I received confirmation of that later through dreams and through messages and meditation where she was showing me how these cords of toxicity had been broken. But what we don't understand is that even if we say with all of our heart that we don't want to be like the relationship, but like our parents, these programs, this is what epigenetics proves. The lack of healing that my grandmother received, that became an energetic imprint in her DNA that then gets passed down to mom. So mom saw this growing up. She saw grandma's attitude towards men. She saw grandma's attitude towards basically relationships in general. And those became imprints and programming in her subconscious mind. So that's why it doesn't matter if you say, I want a conscious relationship and your parents didn't have a conscious relationship. These are imprints that are like magnets that are attracting to you the same John, the same, you know, James, the same, whatever name they are, that literally look different on the outside. However, they're exactly the same as your childhood uh, toxic patterns that you've been programmed with as it relates to relationships. That's why many women, you know, they might get help with depression. They might get help even with childhood trauma. They might even get help with other things as it relates to mental health. But many women don't seek out relationship therapy. And, and honestly, relationship therapy is not about the other person. It's about healing yourself. Because when I healed and we as women carry our relationships in our aura, so if our aura, which is our thoughts, feelings, and emotions is weak, then our relationships are going to be struggling. They're going to be basically hurting. In the aura, we also carry the patterns of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So that's the magnet that brings to you all of your relationships. So as a woman, when a woman falls asleep and she goes insecure, she raises insecure 
daughters and sons. And when a woman does not, does not live in the present moment because of her mental health issues, depression, grief, whatever it is, then the relationship suffers. If the man falls asleep on the relationship, if he goes unconscious, as long as the woman is awake and conscious, that relationship will thrive because men rely on the woman to actually hold the spiritual strength. See, you see um, in the physical realm, males are stronger than women, right? They were built that way. Their hormones are different. Their adrenaline is different. Everything about their nervous, you know, there's different things about them with, from within. But as it relates to spiritually, women are more powerful and stronger than men. This is why in ancient Egypt, you'll see often pictures and statues of women holding the man from the back like this. And what that represents is that when a woman is able to pray and bring protective energy upon her man or upon her um, partner, that man will be uh, protected and saved and basically uh, be able to accomplish all the things that he wants in this world. But if you as a woman are going through your own mental health problems, which is what I was going through, through depression, which can lead to addiction and to all these other things, then how in the heck are you going to be present in a relationship? Right. So it's not about he having, even if it was your husband who um, had an affair or is abusive or any, any things of that nature, the healing work is not about healing him. The healing work is about healing yourself. And a lot of that has to do with forgiveness work, which we're going to talk about, whether it's because you actually allowed yourself to be in this type of toxic relationship or even forgiveness work for the fact that you were unconscious or that you yourself uh, have not been present in the relationship. Perhaps you're the perpetrator. Perhaps, you know, there are many women that are going to through cold depression, which is the feeling of numbness. And many of these women, you know, they're okay with taking high risks. And one of those high risks is infidelity and having affairs. And the reason they do that is because it makes them feel alive. Now, for women and men, it's very different. Women do cheat and they cheat a lot. It's just that they don't call it cheating. They say, you know, my husband wasn't taking care of me. My husband hasn't been conscious. My husband has been abusing, whatever that is. And then they, they find another partner, right? But that's still not right. In either case, it doesn't matter what the other person was doing. It doesn't give anyone the right to cheat or to 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 for betrayal. But in either case, the woman holds so much power as it relates to the success of that relationship. So if the woman doesn't have a good relationship with herself and with God and doesn't heal herself, and especially if a woman doesn't have a good relationship with her mother, which is the core root of why we have toxic relationships, then you're going to keep creating or co-creating, manifesting toxicity in your relationships. I'm talking about patterns of infidelity, of cheating, of abuse, of lying, or even being in a relationship where you've settled, where the, the partner is not emotionally available, a relationship where there is no love, a relationship where there is no passion, which again, Many women just settle for it. They just think, well, this is the way it's going to be. And that, that's it. And this could not be further than the truth. So that's why talking about this is so crucial because it's so unrecognized. And the approach we take is so wrong. Talking about it or trying to change your husband or control him or 
change the relationship is not going to work. So let me break it down for you instead on what it is that needs to happen in order for you to change these dynamics of relationships at the level of your DNA. I'm talking about your nervous system and your brain, which is where these programs started from. You know, growing up, saw what your parents did. You could have still been saying as a kid, I don't want that. That's not cool. It don't matter because the subconscious mind is now being programmed, right? And so let's start with that. Let me get back live over here because for some reason it it um, disconnected. So I'm going to just hit the live button real quick. Okay. So we're breaking down the process in three simple steps. Number one, the first step of healing your relationship dynamics has to do with awareness. And I know this sounds broad, but let me break it down and really focus in on what I'm talking about. First, we must recognize and admit, again, you have to give yourself permission to heal. So we absolutely have to recognize and admit that there is a scientific and spiritual aspect of our relationship dynamics. We have to be conscious and aware of why do I keep repeating the same patterns in relationships? Not why am I a victim, right? But truly being able to be courageous and say, how come all the guys I date cheat on me? Or why do all my marriages end up in divorce because the man says that he's done with me because I'm not available? Or why is it that, you know, I continuously get ghosted or things of that nature? Why is there every partner that I that I uh, find, why does it start such love and light? And then all of a sudden, you know, it goes into abuse, verbal, uh, physical abuse, even. We have to be honest with ourselves and we can't take on that victim mentality and say, there must be something wrong with all the men in the world. That's what I hear a lot of women say. There is no good man in the world. You know that that's a belief that you, that's like a mantra that you are literally creating it because that's what you're saying and that's what you believe of course, you're not going to find a conscious man in the world. So we have to be aware of what are these patterns that we keep repeating in relationships. And we have to be honest with ourselves. And we need to become aware of our attachment styles, especially. One of the things that I created through the program in my Sovereign Women Academy, that's my group coaching program, is an actual assessment. This assessment helps you become aware of the relationship patterns that you are repeating how they are connected to your ancestors. And more importantly, it also makes you aware of the attachment styles. Because like I mentioned before, if you were a young child, let's say you were even between the ages of zero to seven, because that's when the brain is developing. And let's say mom left you with grandma to take care of you because she needed to go to work. That's what happened to me. Mom had to come work in the United States of America. I stayed in Mexico with grandma so grandma could take care of me because she didn't trust anyone here. So I stayed with grandma when I was only two years old. Grandma didn't abuse me. Grandma actually took really good care of me. She was there for me. You know, she, it wasn't like she was like a loving grandma that told me I love you every moment, but she took care of me, fed me, bathed me, had concern over me. You know, I no complaints about grandma, but as a young child between the zero and three, you don't know that your parents went to work. Your brain starts to deteriorate and starts to not function because what we crave as children especially between the ages of zero to seven is our mothers and our mother's love and our mother's touch 
So she did this for my own well-being. She left me with grandma so I could basically be protected. But since little me didn't understand that, I started to develop an attachment style wound. Basically, these are abandonment wounds because I felt abandoned by mom. And so as I started to grow up, this attachment style for me, it's very different for many different women. There are actually, there's five real attachment styles but four real main ones. When I started to develop my uh, these attachment styles, I became what is known as an independent attachment style, which basically I put up a ton of barriers around me because I did not, I, I, I believe that people were going to abandon me anyways, just the way my mom did. So I believed in my relationships that I had to be super masculine, super strong. I had to always be um, the strong one. I had to lead. And I didn't allow my husband to be really intimate with me because deep down in my heart, even though he showed all these signs of love and all these signs of, you know, uh, I'm with you and I respect you and I admire you. I had this big wall up because deep down I was reacting and responding and engaging in the relationship as if, you know, I was going to be abandoned. Other people have other attachment styles like codependent attachment style, which means like, you turn into your relationship, like you start a brand new relationship or you're in a marriage and then you don't have an identity anymore. You literally become that person and you um, are attached to that person in a very needy way where you feel lost or incomplete without them, even if you don't say it out loud. That's another very toxic attachment style. So one of the things I created was an assessment that actually helps you determine what attachment style you're in, as well as what are the patterns that you're repeating. This is crucial and key in the in the stages of, a, of of the three stages of healing these these eruptive ancestral toxic relationship patterns because without awareness and without admitting that you need this change and this healing nothing is going to change right we cannot change what we're not aware of so this leads us to the second phase of disrupting these ancestral karmic patterns we start with awareness. We look at our past and we look at how it's influenced our current relationships and what attachment style perhaps we're in. And then we move to vitality. This is a crucial, very important part of the journey. Now, vitality is all about increasing our energy levels, our chi. The reason why we need to do that, and this is all done through natural holistic practices like Kundalini Yoga Therapy and A Course in Miracles Spiritual Psychotherapy, the reason we do that is because the reason why we can't go beyond our patterns in relationships, especially if they're toxic, is because the fact that they're toxic create a lot of uncomfortable emotions in us, like anger, like sadness, like hate, like judgment, right? So those emotions, instead of increasing our energy levels, they deplete them. They deplete your prana, your life force, your breath. So this is why you're constantly tired. This is why you're constantly needing to drink coffee. This is why you're constantly needing to drink the energy drinks. It's because your unconscious emotions, especially if you are in an unconscious toxic relationship, or if you just ended a really toxic relationship, perhaps your unconscious mind is eating up all your energy reserves. So first we become aware of the patterns. That's tough. Second, we got to work on increasing our energy levels. Again, through practices like meditation, because we are running on empty. And that is the reason why we stay in the same pattern. 
We cannot go above a pattern of thinking if we don't have energy, if we don't have chi in our bodies to do that. This is why we keep repeating the pattern like a hamster in a hamster wheel over and over and over again. So as we start to in integrate specific practices, Kundalini yoga therapy, meditation, course miracle spiritual psychotherapy, your energy levels start to increase so that you can work with the awareness that starts to uh, develop, but more importantly, so that you can start to do the real deep healing work of healing the mother wound. Like I mentioned before, many of you will tell me I have a broken relationship with my father. I have a broken relationship with other people in my life, not with my mother. Why do I still have toxic relationship patterns? The root cause of why we have toxic relationship problems is a matriarchal wound. What I'm talking about is even if you believed your mom was the nicest woman in the world and she did the best for you, you are harboring somewhere in your heart some kind of resentment towards mom. And it could be because of her toxic relationship patterns themselves. Maybe she was someone who divorced a lot, who fought with your dad a lot, who basically was always unhappy in relationships and same thing with her grandma. Or it could be also just because she wasn't there for you, like the way what happened with me. I mean, my mom didn't do that on purpose. She thought she was helping me. She thought she was leaving me with grandma to be taken care of. She didn't know that by her leaving me at such a young age, I was developing a wound. I was developing an abandonment. This also another story that I remember from this to better put it so that you can understand how deep these wounds are with our mothers are, for example, like Dr. Gabor Mante. He's a trauma-informed doctor. I love his work. I love listening to everything he teaches because he really puts it into real-life perspective. So for him, he was a Holocaust survivor. His mom had to leave him with the family to save his life. And she only left him for a few months. So she, she as a baby, he was only a few months old. She left him with the family to take care of him because otherwise they were going to kill him. And after things slow, um, kind of quieted down, she went back and, and got him from that family and took him back. Well, that developed deep, severe wounds, abandonment wounds in Dr. Gabor Mate that later as he grew up translated in many different attachment styles and also just a need to overachieve. Many doctors are actually uh, operating under a lot of trauma and a lot of um, attachment styles and childhood neglect and trauma. And that's why they strive and work so hard to be like the best that they, they can be. It's like they want the approval, not only of their parents, but of their of society, because they didn't receive it at a very young child. And again, in his situation, it wasn't like his mom did that on purpose. She was trying to protect him. So it's not always like mom was just somebody who had toxic relationship patterns herself. Either, you know, she always kept getting divorced or she didn't respect herself and my father abused her, all these different things. There always is a, a point of resentment that we have to learn to recognize. And we usually cannot recognize it if we don't have enough vitality in the system. We cannot do deep healing work. You'll give up or it'll be a psychic shock for you if we don't go through this exact process of, hey, let's work on the awareness first, slowly start to increase vitality. Now let's talk about vitality. Now let's really use specific techniques to increase the energy levels in your system and to now deal with this really deep wound that has to do with the relationship we have with our mother. 
Because once we start to heal the mother wound, all of our relationships will heal, but especially your romantic relationships, which leads us to the third phase of disrupting ancestral karmic patterns of toxic relationships, which is all about integration. So we start with awareness, we move through vitality, and then we go right into what is known as integration. Now, integration, I call it what is known as japji. So japji means repetition. That's what we do in Kundalini Yoga. If you've been through these patterns of chaos, toxic relationships in your family, growing up with them, you saw them in your grandma, you saw them in great grandma and all that, you better believe that it's not going to be overnight that these patterns are going to be rewired from your nervous system and your brain. So the third phase is all about repetition. How do we repeat the spiritual psychotherapy process? How do we repeat the specific meditations? Because there are specific meditations that heal the mother wound in Kundalini Yoga. There are specific meditations that heal your inner child, which is the third part of this integration process. Now that we've become aware, now that we've raised energy levels to do the healing work with our mother, now in integration, we repeat Japji over and over so that we can then begin the real healing work of healing our inner child. Because once we embark on the journey of healing the inner child, that is when you will stop abandoning yourself, which means you'll stop creating those attachment styles that were created through abandonment. So integration is all about cultivating these practices and these techniques, specifically from Kundalini Yoga Therapy and of course, of course, in Miracle Spiritual Psychotherapy, which a big foundational part of that is the work of forgiveness that we do in order to what? in order to get to the root cause, which is we got to rewire in these patterns of relationships from your brain and from your nervous system. This in turn allows us to also cultivate self-worth and to be able to establish healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries, ladies, not toxic boundaries, where we are punishing and holding someone guilty instead of responding with love, which is what that person needs in order to actually change. And again, this doesn't mean that you're going to stay in a broken or unconscious marriage. What this means is that you go through this process and heal yourself so you can decide if this is a relationship that is worth saving or if this was just a karmic relationship, not a bad relationship, a karmic relationship that came to teach you a lot about everything that you are and everything that you represent. So it's not bad. Karma is not bad. Karma is, is karma. Karma is two plus two equals four in this perfect universe. Karma is if you plant seeds of love, that's what you're going to harvest. If you plant seeds of hate, that's also what you're going to harvest. It's not God punishing us. It's basically us balancing out the entire equation. Now, as it relates to pitfalls, there are some major challenges that women go through when they take this approach. Because most women want to, when they go to especially traditional therapy, you know, what do they hear? Yeah, you're the victim. How can we focus on what he did wrong? That is not this approach at all. This is all about releasing yourself from victimhood and changing those dynamics from within. So some of the most common pitfalls include not acknowledging the impact of the ancestral patterns of relationships you're running in your um, subconscious mind. So just settling for an unconscious relationship or just underestimating the fact that the childhood traumas that you went through, what your mom went through, and what her grandma went through carry a big impact in how 
you really in relationships. The other thing that's a big pitfall is relying solely on traditional methods. Again, there is a very low success rate. I don't want to come up with the number because I don't remember the number exactly, but the success rate for marriage counseling, traditional therapy, marriage therapy or, or uh, relationship therapy, it is incredibly low. And why it is slow is because it doesn't address the nervous system in the brain. For a lasting change, not only do we have to be okay with recognizing these patterns from within us, not just in the partner, from within us, but we've got to, we've got to introduce meditation, spiritual psychotherapy, so that we can change the nervous system in the brain and we can actually change the, the pattern at the level of the DNA. <clears throat> the other thing is, <clears throat> let me take a little bit of a drink of my coffee here. I get so passionate about this because this is actually the pathway that took me on my healing journey, the, the desire and the need to, to um, heal my relationship. The second thing about the pitfalls is your mindset. Your mindset is crucial in this journey. And it involves being really open to a lot of self-exploration. Again, we're not focusing on what he did or what the other person is doing. We're focusing on our own personal self-exploration. And we're recognizing also the importance of, of spiritual wisdom, of understanding that combined with scientific knowledge, that together we can cultivate this mindset of everything is forgivable and everything is healable if we do the inner work. And lastly, the hardest thing I would say, the biggest pitfall, the most daunting challenge as it relates to disrupting these patterns is we have to remember to reflect on our family history in a way that doesn't force us into the dark, deep shadows of anger and pain. And this is where community, this is where having a coach or mentor is going to help you tremendously. Healing my marriage was one of the most challenging and toughest pathways on the healing journey that I had to take. There were many times where not only did I want to give up on the marriage, but also on my journey, but there were also many times where instead of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I started to discover more and more layers of these patterns and also truths, truths that when not revealed, will always basically hold this lack of intimacy between you and your partner. So the hardest part is that when I started to do this journey of healing and I started to incorporate Kundalini Yoga therapy and spiritual psychotherapy, of Course in Miracles, a lot of stuff started to get revealed that I didn't even know about, not only on my end, but on my partner's end, on my husband's end. And I knew that this needed to happen in order for us to heal, but that's exactly why I wanted to give up and quit because I was like, I thought things were supposed to get better, not get worse. And the whole thing is that in the healing journey, worse is better. Things have to get a lot worse before they get better. And that is why if you are new to this journey of holistic healing, and especially when it comes to integrating Kundalini practices and spiritual psychotherapy, like of Course in Miracles, mentorship, coaching, a community is very, very important and key so that you don't give up, not only on yourself, but on your relationship and your marriage, if that is what you're looking to do. So your homework assignment, 
because tomorrow, like I said, I'll be spending a little bit more time on really sharing exactly what happened in my relationship and how I was able to overcome and heal that. But I want us to really connect and observe and to write down the relationship dynamics that we already are experiencing in our family history. What are some of the similarities that you're seeing that your grandma went through, that your mom went through, or some of the stories they've told you perhaps, if, if you're adopted, this is a great time for you to really research and, and connect. We cannot heal ourselves if we don't, if we do not remember and honor our where we came from, which is why it's important, even if you've been adopted, to find out as much as you can. But it's really important for us to right now just focus on the personal changes rather than trying to change others. In order to do that, we have to do this observation. We have to look at these dynamics within us without feeling like we'll never be able to change them or afraid to admit that they live within us. To summarize, we're, today we've explored how to break free from these ancestral karmic patterns in relationships by understanding our history, by healing from within. I'm talking about the nervous system, the brain, and ultimately by rewriting our, our future in relationships and healing the relationship we have with ourselves. Now, I'd love to hear from you. Since this is the most unrecognized, unhealed pattern as it relates to what our ancestors sometimes couldn't heal themselves and that has been passed down to us, I want to hear from you as it relates to what questions you have. What are some of your thoughts that come through as I'm sharing this information with you? What are some of your experiences in relationship that you feel have felt like they're unhealable? Or perhaps you're actually waiting or ready to actually heal. Let us know below here in the comments on my YouTube video. I'd love to hear from you. We're building a community here. Remember, sovereign women, a movement of women that are here to disrupt ancestral karmic patterns at the level of the DNA so that they could not, no longer be repeated in future generations and so that our past generations are healed as well. And as it relates to the relationships, it's one of the most holiest paths we can take to heal ourselves and to heal our families. I'll be looking out for those comments and questions below. If you feel it's easier to DM me privately, feel free to do that as well. I totally understand. In either case, I'll be able to respond and hopefully be able to assist you in disrupting these patterns of ancestral karmic relationships that don't serve you so that you can move into beautiful, vibrant, conscious relationships. Those that you fully deserve. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the hearts and likes. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for setting your bell notifications because I do go live four times a week here. So make sure you are subscribed and you set those notifications so you can join me and together disrupt the ancestral karma. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a blessed rest of your day.